At Woodside Bible Church, we gather each week to pursue God by studying His Word together. We eagerly wait with anticipation for the return of Jesus, when He will make everything wrong right. In a way, He's always reigned over all things, but on the other hand, His saving grace has received pushback and rejection from the evil of this world. Join us in our new series, Thy Kingdom Come, His Reign in Our Lives where we'll learn what the reign of Jesus truly means for us believers and how we, as the body of Christ, can continue spreading his name until he returns. breathes new life into our life, that we may shine for your glory. We love you. In your name, Jesus. Amen. 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 You can be seated. Thank you so much for worshiping Jesus with us. I encourage you to turn to Mark chapter 4 in your Bibles. Mark chapter 4, as we continue the series on this little section of the book of Mark where Jesus seems to introduce to the world that he came to save, introduce to them the kingdom of God, and specifically addressing what would your life be if you truly did? Not just in the first century, as they were the specific receivers of Jesus' witness, but what about us in the 21st century? We're now receiving from the authority of God's word the testimony of Jesus and his exposure to the kingdom of the world, of, of the kingdom of God. What would our lives be like if we embraced it? Truly embraced it. So last week we studied the parable, the story that Jesus told about the, the soil. Do you remember that? Uh, Bill helped us understand Jesus' words when he says, The human heart's like soil. Uh, and he said that some hearts are kind of like that well-worn path, hardened, disinterested. In fact, I grabbed a screenshot of Bill to help you remember what that soul is like. So here's a picture of Bill. I don't know if you can see that, but that's a, that's a face that kind of says, yeah, no, I don't, I don't want the word of God. I don't want Jesus. That doesn't help me. Maybe that's somewhere you are. You're here only because your spouse is convinced you to come, and you figure, well, less battles to fight if I do come, or maybe, maybe your parents are making you come, or maybe there's some other alternative reason why you've decided to, to come into a church where the kingdom of God is talked about, or maybe you know people like that, that you've shared Jesus with them. I remember one friend uh, years ago where I, he was going through a difficult time, and I Felt like, wow, this could be a great chance for you to understand what God has in store for you and what he offers to you. I shared with him Jesus, and he said, I don't know what you're talking about. And then he went out back to his problem that he was dealing with. Um, and I, I realized that, oh, it's, it's got to be the Spirit of God that penetrates his heart. It's nothing human that can happen. It's got to be God that changes the heart. Then there's the, the kind of soil that's more like a, um, a shallow soil, rocky soil, 
a heart that welcomes the gospel just for the temporary buzz it can provide, right? It makes me feel good. So as long as I can keep feeling good, I'll keep following Jesus. When I stop feeling good, then what's the point? And that heart will typically turn away because the, soy, the, the seed hasn't fully penetrated our heart. There's the thorny or the weedy soil that's like a heart that simply adds Jesus to the rest of your life, right? You're not embracing the kingdom of God as a king who reigns, but more of like, okay, you can lead this, you can be governor, not king, just governor over this little region of my life. I'll still, I'll still live for this and this and this, but if Jesus comes in and has a little part, that can be it too. And again, Jesus made sure you know that that's not receiving the kingdom of God. The birds will come and pull those seeds away. Only the fertile soil, the heart that allows the seed of the gospel to penetrate deeply and influence and impact every area of your life, only then will you begin to experience the kingdom of God. Jesus then transitions to, to this desired effect of the kingdom. He, he refers to it as being a light that shines to all the world around us, that that's the intention of the kingdom of God. He uses a phrase you're probably familiar with. Finish this phrase for me. Hide it under a bushel. Huh? Do you not, do you not know this? Hide it under a bushel. Okay. What are you going to do instead? I'm going to let it shine. Yes, it's built on this phrase that Jesus makes. Some of you say, I don't know that song. Uh, it sounds weird. I don't think I want to sing that. Well, here's the verse. It's Mark 4.21 says, Is a lamp brought in to be put under a basket or under a bed and not on a stand? For nothing is hidden except to be made manifest, nor is anything secret except to come to light. Jesus says, understanding the kingdom of God, that was previously hidden. But now, Jesus is fully revealing the kingdom of God. Not so that it can stay hidden, but so that it can illuminate to all around. The light is intended to spread beyond simply the person that's received it. It's intended to shine from that person to those around. Our big idea this morning states that Jesus' reign, his kingdom, advances as we share the word, as we share the light that God has given to us. In the verses that follow this, starting in verse 24, it contains kind of little vignettes or, or, or principles that inform and motivate our own sharing of this good news of Jesus. It helps us understand sometimes a bit of how does this work and how can I be motivated? How can this truly impact? If, if the light of the gospel is intended to not only warm my heart, but is intended to shine through me, what should I know? First of all, verse 24 there's this principle that we've called deeper leads to greater. Deeper leads to greater. Verse 24, Jesus said to them, pay attention to what you hear. With the measure that you use, it will be measured to you. 
and still more will be added to you. For to the one who has, more will be given. And from the one who has not, even what he has will be taken away. Here Jesus is emphasizing the importance of truly receiving the word of truth in your life. He says, pay attention to this. As I'm, as I'm talking about the kingdom of God, pay attention. Listen carefully. Because if you embrace what I'm saying and you allow it to deeply impact your life, then you'll be entrusted with more of this. But if you reject or, or you keep distant what I'm giving to you in this moment, then what I have in store to give to you in addition to that can't be given because if you don't use what I've given to you, I can't entrust you with more. Illustrate it like with golfing. Let's say that you watched the Ryder Cup this week and you thought, oh, they are really good. I want some of that. So you call your golf instructor friend and say, hey, I've been watching these guys really play golf and I'm not sure I play that way. Can you help me? He says, well, Sure. Uh, this afternoon, let's go to the driving range. You say, well, this afternoon, I'm, I, you know, I'm kind of busy. He says, well, okay, all right, I'll come. So you go with him to the driving range, and he says, take a few swings. And so you take a few swings, and he says, you know, your grip is all off. So, so what I want you to do, I want you to point the grooves of those, of those hands up towards your right shoulder. And you think, oh, that's weird. No, I don't want to do that. That's just not comfortable. He says, well, it's, it's, it's got to start there. He says, no, no, let's go past that because that's not helping. He says, you know what? Sorry, I can't help you. If you're not going to receive the, the start of it, we're not, we're not going to proceed any further. So I don't want to waste your time. In effect, Jesus is saying that to the crowd who he was discerning was simply hearing from him not letting it penetrate their heart, not taking what he's received and said, okay, I'll take that, I'll let that change me, what else do you have? But instead, okay, well, that's interesting, but I've got a, I've got a, a brother that needs to be healed. Would you just take care of that? Or our family is hungry. We've been on this teaching trip. We've been listening to you. We're just hungry. Could you feed us again? And Jesus says, with the measure that you use what I give you, it will be given to you. And if you use it, then I'll give you more. But if you don't, then even what you have will be taken away. If we, through faith and obedience, pay attention to what God has revealed to us, and we submit to the Spirit of God who wants to transform our life and help us experience the kingdom of God, then we'll receive more understanding of it, which means more transformation, which means more receiving and more transformation, and soon you'll begin to experience this is what true living is all about because Jesus is truly reigning in my life. Deeper leads to greater. Maybe this explains why some would say, you know, Jesus, it seemed like Jesus did some cool things in my life previously, but I haven't seen him show up in a very long time wonder if it's because, well, what he did to help you understand what he has to offer you, you didn't, you didn't allow it to impact your life. You're just going on the same way 
you were going before. You're not allowing him to truly reign as king. Maybe you're, you're just saying, no, I don't want you in charge. I want to be in charge, which is why I'm asking you to care for this issue in my life here. Second, the principle of faithful leads to fruitful. As he goes on, verse 26, he says, The kingdom of God is as if a man should scatter seed on the ground. He sleeps and rises night and day, and the seed sprouts and grows. He knows not how. The earth produces by itself, first the blade and then the ear and then the full grain into the ear. But when the grain is ripe, at once he puts in the sickle because the harvest has come. This is a parable similar to the one he told before, but different. In the previous one, Jesus scattered the seed and were the soil. Here, he seems to indicate that the seed scatterer represents us. Those that have received the seed... And now are scattering the seed. We've received the gospel, and now we're sharing the gospel through how we live, or what we say, through talking to people about the impact Jesus has made on our life. We're sowing seeds. It's the message of the kingdom. And as, the, as we spread the seed, the impact is left up to the forces of nature. Right, So the farmer, when he scatters the seed, the implication of the text and even the, the language of it, it's like, so he goes to bed and he wakes up, he goes to bed and he wakes up, and he goes to bed and he wakes up, and he goes to bed and he wakes up. He doesn't know what's going to happen. He doesn't know how this seed happens. Right? Maybe he took an agricultural class that gave him some little aspect of, well, that seed dies and it germinates. Did they even have that term back then? I don't know. The, the simple story is the farmer doesn't even know how it happens. He just knows that after a season of going to bed and waking up, going to bed and waking up, going to bed and waking up, suddenly there's a blade pushing through the soil. And that blade will then grow into a plant. And it'll produce a blossom. And then it will produce an ear of fruit, whatever that, whatever that is. And, and so the farmer's expecting when he scatters the seed, sometime after he goes to bed and wakes up, goes to bed and wakes up, goes to bed and wakes up, he's eventually going to harvest it. He didn't know, even know exactly how or, or even when. He just knows <laughs> that it will. <laughs> he just knows, knows that it will. One commentator wrote this, the kingdom of God is likened to a process of growth independent of human activity. The seed contains within itself fruit-bearing potential. Like the gospel, once sown, the seed sets in motion a patient process that leads to the harvest. The surprise for Jesus' audience is when Jesus said, to what shall we compare the kingdom of heaven? And they're like, oh, I know. It's like the Roman Empire that comes in and dominates and spreads. And before you know it, it covers the entire known world. And Jesus says, no, it's not it. And he says, oh, I get it. It's like this, it's like this hurricane Rain that comes in and just saturates the soil because nothing can stand against the kingdom of heaven. Jesus says, no, 
like a seed. Farmer plants. He goes to bed and he wakes up. He goes to bed and he wakes up. And he goes to bed and sometime, doesn't even know how, it takes root and it bears fruit. Maybe Jesus had in mind a young mom who's faithfully reading that Bible story to her children and watching them run around and hardly pay attention. And maybe Jesus is whispering to her, just keep scattering the seed. And then go to bed and get up, go to bed and get up, go to bed and get up. Just be faithful scattering the seed because one day... It's going to take root. It's going to produce. Maybe she's, he's saying to uh, is somebody that goes to work and has that burden for his coworkers, and, and he seeks to, as, as different as it is, to live according to the values of the kingdom of God on the job. And he's looked at as kind of a little bit off because it's not how everybody else works, but that person wonders, is it even worth it? Maybe Jesus is whispering to you, don't just, just scatter the seed. You don't know how, you don't know where, you don't know when. But the seed has germinating power. Living the kingdom, sharing the kingdom will produce first a blade, then a blossom, then the fruit. So just scatter the seed. Maybe he's speaking to a church that's just so burdened for their community and wants families in their community to taste and see how good God is and allow Jesus and his way of living begin to govern their life. And sometimes it feels like there's just no fruit. Maybe this is to say, no, just keep scattering the seed. Remember, the farmer doesn't have this ability, this magic ability to cause a seed to become a, a fruit. That's the, the farmer can't do that. The farmer doesn't even know how. All the farmer knows is my job is to scatter the seed. So faithful leads to fruitful. Sow the seed. Trust in the power of the gospel and in the timing of the harvest wherever he chooses, to whomever he chooses. So be faithful to sow the seeds. It's, it's what the Father calls us to. His power transforms lives, and it just might show up slowly. And get this, it might show up to someone else. When you sow the seed, it may be someone else that harvests the fruit. Don't forget that. A story, an occurrence that has been so formative in my life is through one of the missionaries of Woodside. His name is Ron Baker. He and his wife, Marcia, served the Lord in uh, the northeastern part of Guatemala. And he was a medical missionary, and he went there and experienced an incredible harvest of souls. Literally thousands of people came to Jesus. He became so well-respected in that region that when the vice president took a political trip to visit these different regions in the country, he chose Ron Baker to host him, not the governor of the region, not the mayor of these cities, but this missionary doctor to host him, held in high regard. In fact, his son said that literally this happened, that somebody wrote him a letter that said, 
Ronaldo Baker, Guatemala. That's all that was on the address. And it got to him. I mean, that kind of influence and in, in notoriety in that country. But almost every time Ron would talk about the fruitfulness of his ministry, he would, he would mention the missionary family that was there before him. And I asked Nancy, I said, do you remember, was, was, that, was it the Somervilles or the Sandersons? She said, I don't, I don't remember, which is maybe a little bit of the point. Where Ron would, would say, a generation earlier, they went to this same region and they served in a very similar way and they were ridiculed and they were cast out of their regions. In fact, literally, they were stoned there in, no, not today's stoned. They were, they were, stones were thrown at them to drive them out of the communities that they would come to visit and, and share Jesus. They returned home after a couple decades of faithful and fruitless ministry. They came home very discouraged. But they raised up Ron and Marcia to go and continue the work. And Ron and Marcia experienced this abundant harvest and faithfully gave credit to the faithful, seemingly unresponsive gospel ministry that took place 20 years earlier. Sometimes that's how the kingdom of God works. Sometimes it's your faithful sowing of the seed where you come away thinking, did any of it matter? And the Lord of the harvest says to you, I've simply asked you to sow the seed. I haven't asked you to germinate the seed. I haven't asked you to produce a plant. You can't. And in fact, if you did, it's probably not a legitimate plant. So trust me, just scatter the seed. And one day, the roots will penetrate, the blade will rise, the fruit will be produced, and the harvest will come. But the kingdom of heaven is like that. And then third, Jesus said, and the kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed. Verse 30, he said, with what can we compare the kingdom of God or what parable shall we use for it? It's like the grain, a mustard seed, which when sown on the ground is the smallest of all the seeds on the earth. Yet when it is sown, it grows up and becomes larger than all the garden plants and puts out large branches so that the birds of the air can make nests in its shade. What can you compare the kingdom of God? Well, to like a little seed that if somebody dropped it in the ground, you probably wouldn't even notice. But what feels so small can be so expansive when it comes to the kingdom of God. The smallest of seeds Seemingly insignificant is exactly what God uses to transform the hearts of people. So yes, a young mom and dad raising their kids to know Jesus is more influential than any political leader, any presidential debate, 
for an election campaign. Yep, the college student who shares the gospel with his classmates has more influence to change the world than the most tenured professor on campus. The grandparent that faithfully prays for those grandkids and sometimes wonders, is this making a difference? According to Jesus' teaching about the kingdom of God, those small things, in fact, impact the world in a point where the harvest will not just be 30, 60, but 100 times. Those little seeds of the gospel, the kingdom of God, will produce a harvest. And maybe it's not better illustrated than, than through Jesus, right? And maybe this was Jesus' main point, to say, now what I'm talking about is me, who is sent by the Father to a young, poor, unknown couple who lived in Nazareth, traveled to Bethlehem because of a census, and gave birth in a feeding trough. He was raised with no notoriety in a little town, the son of a carpenter, but anointed by the Holy Spirit and began to teach about the kingdom of God, began to claim that he was the son of God, began to talk about his being the lamb of God that would be the fulfillment of all those generations of Old Testament sacrifices that pointed to the innocent one being slaughtered for the guilty. That it was all pointing to him, to this small town teacher whose death would seem certainly not noble, more shameful, and yet his resurrection would prove that everything he said was true. That the kingdom of God is like a small mustard seed planted and then sprouting up into a tree that would house birds of all kinds. And this small group of followers that were then baptized with the Holy Spirit and then commissioned to go into the nations of the world with the seeds of the gospel and faithfully scatter them, that they would be planted and then somehow, sometime, would sprout up into fruit that would produce seed that would be scattered and would be planted. It would rise up, produce fruit, and pretty soon, even throughout the ends of the earth to way out over here in this little tiny peninsula on the far east part of Michigan, the gospel would be spread. So Jesus, you say, what is the kingdom of God? And first I would say, well, that's Jesus. Look to him. And then Jesus said, come unto me, all you are labor heavy laden, and I'll give you the kingdom of God. And then you can experience all that my Father has for you. But remember, you got to receive what he's given. Even those little bits, what is there in your life that the Father has spoken to you and you've just stubbornly refused to let it change you? Is there maybe something that someone has said in the past that you just knew that was God's message for you, but your life didn't change a bit? Is there still some area of your life that you know is not in submission to God because somehow you just don't believe the kingdom of heaven is worth it? 
Isn't it time for you to say, okay, I'm in. I don't get it all. I couldn't even handle it all. But this one thing I can cling to is that God, God loves me and he gave his one and only son to die on the cross, to take my sins upon himself, to rise from the dead, and to offer to me eternal life. That I can receive. And then, as I wake up tomorrow, I can wake up realizing this is not simply my life now. I'm living for the king. And what's one thing I can do for the king? And Jesus says, here's a bit of the kingdom. And as you're faithful, here's more of the kingdom. And as you're faithful, here's more of the kingdom. And soon you see, oh, this is what it's like to allow Jesus to fully rule and reign in everything that I do. His transformation power will continue. And man, is it good. It doesn't mean that life is suddenly problem-free. It just means that you have a security and a confidence and a hope and a future that nothing can take away. We commend that to you. Let's pray. Father, thank you for revealing to us just these little pieces, these little aspects of seed of the gospel. But Lord, we want to be faithful to receive it. Father, we want it to go deeper in our lives so they can produce greater and greater effect. So that, Lord, as your light shines in our lives, we have the ability to shine to others through how we live and what we say, whether it's parents to their children, whether it's grandparents to their grandchildren, whether it's coworkers or neighbors or community members. Father, we want to be faithful to scatter the seed, to trust you for the harvest. That whenever you choose to work, Lord, we will trust it. And we admit that it's so easy to get tired and wonder if it's even worth continuing or if we just, just give up. Remind us, Lord, that you're the one that's in charge of when the harvest comes. May we be faithful to continue to scatter it, believing that those seeds will germinate into things far and beyond whatever we could imagine. We ask for more of your work, Lord. We believe that more is coming. We believe that the kingdom of God continues to expand in our lives, in our community. There's more and more people that desperately need you. And may we receive it and share it. In Jesus' name we pray.